Greetings, thanks to God. This is Pastor Monty Lester, the senior pastor of the Cedar Grove Church. And there is a word from heaven that I would love to share with you on this Easter Sunday morning. I want to call your attention to the 23rd chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. Luke 23, verses 32 through 43. Again, Luke chapter 23, verses 32 through 43. And the King James translation of the word of God reads, And there were also two malefactors led, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him, the malefactors, one on the right and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And they stood beholding him, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself. If he be the Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, come, coming to him, and offered him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a subscription was also written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew, saying, This is the king of the Jews. Verse 39, And one of the malefactors, which were hanging, railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. And the other answering him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing that we are in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing amiss. And he said unto him, Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Today the Lord and I want to minister from the subject, live again, live again. Coming from that 43rd verse there where it says, Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Let us pray. Precious Lord, we praise you. We thank you for this privilege and pleasure of coming and presenting your word to these, your people. We pray now that your word would land on good ground, that somebody somewhere would hear about you and be saved, be strengthened, be better because of who you are and what you have done. Lord, I'm going to say thank you now because you're faithful. Have your way in this place. In the marvelous matches and mighty name of Jesus, I do pray. Amen. 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 Today I'm starting a sermon series called Again, Again. Uh, we're living in a time now where we are missing some of the things that we used to do once upon a time. Things that come to mind, such as shopping, even going to school or sports uh, arenas. We desire to do those things again. We're missing all the things that we used to take for granted once upon a time. And now our desire is to do those things again. And although we still have some challenging chapters and dark days ahead of us, the Spirit of the Lord wanted me to remind you and to let you know that yeah, as we continue to walk by faith and not by sight, as we continue to trust in him with all of our hearts and lean not into our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him that he shall direct our path. He wanted me to remind you as we wait on the Lord that we shall renew our strength. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, that he will renew, revive, and restore, and that one day we will enjoy all those things that we're longing for again. My Bible tells me that weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning light. 
God wants us to do some things again. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the Bible tells us that he will restore everything that the locust and the canker worm has eaten. He wants to restore some things. He wants to revive some things. He wants to renew some things and allow us to do some things again. And on this Resurrection Sunday morning, Jesus wants to remind us that if we believe in him, yes, one thing we will do is that we will live again. Because believe it or not, there are some things that Christ accomplished on the cross. Uh, there are some things that Christ accomplished on the cross. As a matter of fact, because of the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we have a win-win-win combination. Amen. Because of the blood of Jesus, because we are covered by the blood of the Lamb, uh, number one, we have protection. We understood that by Exodus 12 in the, in the Passover, the original Passover. Amen. We have protection. Not only do we have protection, but we also have healing. Yes, Lord. Isaiah 53 and 5 says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his stripes, yeah, we are healed. Yes, Lord. So we have protection. We have healing. And not only that, we have salvation. Hebrews 9 and 22 tells us for our, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And because of what Christ did on the cross, that's why we celebrate on this Resurrection Sunday morning. That's why we come from near and far in times past putting on our best suits and, and our biggest hats, coming to the sanctuary. People that hadn't been to church in a long time will always come on Resurrection Sunday to celebrate what God has done on the cross. And today, uh, I want to remind some and inform others that if we believe in Christ, if we believe in the one that hung, bled, and died on Calvary's cross, uh, yes, Lord, that we shall live again. Well, that brings me to my text today in this 23rd chapter of the book of St. Luke. Hallelujah. Uh, this is the, uh, the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, this is where Jesus hung, bled, and died uh, uh, from the sixth to the ninth hour for the sins of mankind. Yes, Lord, this is the day that after he had had his last supper, after he had gone through the garden, after he had gone from judgment hall to judgment hall, now he's hanging between heaven and earth. Uh, uh, and the Bible tells us in uh, Luke chapter 23 that he was not hanging by himself. The Bible tells us that we had two male factors beside him. Uh, that word has been translated to mean for most people thieves, uh, people who stole stuff. They were there beside him. And today what I want to talk about are decisions, declarations, and destinations. As we look at these two thieves, uh, I want to talk about a tale of two thieves. And, and as we do that, we want to talk about decisions, declarations, and destinations. Can we go deeper today? Uh, because what I like about this tale of two thieves, um, that what the Bible does, it makes it so plain that even a child can understand. It compares and contrasts the decisions, the declarations, and the destinations that are available to all. Can we go deeper? Uh, decisions declarations and destinations of all. Uh, first of all, it, it, it puts two people uh, that have the same sentence uh, in the same setting, uh, uh, sitting there looking at the same Savior, but as a consequence of their decisions, they end up going to two different destinations. Yes, Lord. Uh, they both have the same opportunity for salvation, uh, but because of their decisions, because of their declarations, they end up in two different destinations. Can I go deeper? Uh, believe it or not, uh, um, uh, when all of us have the opportunity to receive Christ as our Savior, and based on our decisions, 
based on our de declarations. That's what's going to determine our ultimate destination. Will we uh, end up spending eternity in paradise with Jesus or we, will we spend eternity with total separation from Christ uh, in hell uh, where we'll experience total and, and, and eternal punishment and damnation? Hallelujah. But I want to let you know that uh, uh, ever since Adam sinned in the garden, that death has been the destiny of everything that liveth. And I want to talk about that just for a second. Decisions, declarations, and destinations. That's what we're talking about today. Because believe it or not, uh, God desired and still does desire to renew and to restore everything that was lost when Adam sinned in the garden. Let me say that again. God desires and still does desire uh, uh, to renew, to restore everything that was lost in the garden. When Adam sinned in the garden, uh, 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 I won't let you know that something changed. Uh, uh, the Bible tells us in John 10 and 10 that the thief cometh but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus said, but I am come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. In other words, God wants us to live again. He wants us to live uh, and he wants us to have abundant life. And I believe that's on this side of eternity as well as on the other side of eternity. Uh, uh, but what determines all of that is our decisions, our declarations, and our destinations. Can we go deeper? Because believe it or not, the Bible has always set it up that way. The Bible is always compared and contrasted. He's always broken it down so that we can compare one thing to another thing. It's either right or it's wrong. It's either left or it's right. It's either salt or uh, uh, it's either light or darkness. It's always one thing or the, uh, or the other. And as we look at these things, as we compare and contrast uh, the lives of these two thieves, first of all, I want to take you back uh, even deeper, going to uh, the first Adam to the second Adam. Some of you understand that the first Adam was God's created son, uh, the one that God put in the Garden of Eden. Uh, uh, and then he has his begotten son, which is Jesus, who we know as the second Adam. And what I understand today or what you want you to understand is that decisions, declarations uh, will impact our destinations. As a matter of fact, uh, one thing that we must understand as we compare and contrast even these two, Adam and Christ, uh, we must understand uh, how to handle when we're going through the garden. How to handle when we're going through the garden. Decisions, declarations, and destinations. Uh, as a matter of fact, Adam, uh, he was in the Garden of Eden, and Jesus, the second Adam, was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, uh, both of them were facing some crucial decisions, declarations that impacted their destinations. Yes, Lord. Uh, the first Adam was in the Garden of Eden, and then the second Adam, again, was in the Garden of Gethsemane. The first Adam was in a perfect garden without, uh, in a perfect garden, uh, with, uh, in a perfect world. Uh, the second Adam was in a barren desert garden in an imperfect world. Can I work my case today? Uh, Adam, the first Adam was in a garden of beauty and joy according to Genesis 2, 8 and 10. The second Adam, Christ was in the place of heaviness and sorrow when he was going through the Garden of Gethsemane. Adam was uh, seeking to fulfill his own desires and cravings, but Christ was willing to seek and do the will of God. Adam uh, disobeyed God and sinned and brought death to the human race. Christ obeyed God, died for men, and brought life 
to the human race. Amen. Uh, uh, so there is a strong contrast between those two, uh, between the first Adam and the second Adam and how they handled going through their garden. But not only that, but they also had a was able to be compared and contrasted and how they did the test and temptations of their trees. Uh, not only the garden, but also their trees. Um, because Adam was told uh, to not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and Jesus hung on the tree that is known as the cross. Uh, the first tree was planted by God. Uh, the second tree that Jesus hung on was a cross made by man. The first tree was pleasant to the eye, according to Genesis 3 and 6. The second tree was a cross, which was a repulsive and a cursed tree. The first tree was uh, uh, man was commanded to turn away from this tree. And the second tree, uh, man is commanded to come near this tree. Eating of his fruit resulted in death of the first tree. Eating of his fruit, that is, of Christ himself, results in life of the second tree. Amen. Again, God desires that we may have life. John 10 and 10, the thief cometh but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But God said, I am come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And God wants us to know today that we can live again. He wants us to know that we can live again. And God has God desired back then and God still desires even to this day to renew and to restore everything that was lost. Hallelujah. So what we want to understand today is that uh, we want to make sure that we're handling our decisions, our, 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 our declarations, because they impact our destination. Well, that brings me back to the text today. Because the text is talking about such a situation, too, where God is comparing and contrasting uh, the decisions, uh, the declarations, and the ultimate destinations that are available to all of mankind. And the way God paints the picture today is that we have two thieves on the cross uh, hanging beside our Savior who is in the process of dying for the sins of mankind. And as we look at the text today in this 23rd chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke, uh, First thing I want to lift up is the decision of disbelief. As we talk about decisions, declarations, and destinations, I want to talk about, number one, the decision of disbelief. I want to say today that's a dangerous decision uh, because the Bible talks about that. And, and Jesus was there, and as he was hanging, uh, the Bible says in verse number 39, then one of the criminals who were, uh, who were hanged blasting him, saying, if thou art the, art the Christ, why don't you save yourself and save us? Uh, 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 in other words, he was in this predicament. Uh, he was in this precarious situation. And uh, what he made was a dangerous decision. He had a decision of disbelief. Uh, he said, if thou be the Christ, uh, why don't you come down from the cross and not only save us, us uh, save yourself, but why yet? Why don't you save us in the meantime as well? Uh, the decision of disbelief. In other words, he said, "If thou be the Christ," uh, uh, he didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Uh, he didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, there are a number of people in this crowd right here that made that decision of disbelief. They they saw all the miracles. And they had seen all the things that he had done, but still, they still decided to disbelieve that Jesus was the Son of God. And I want to let you know today, that's a dangerous decision. That, uh, that is a dangerous decision. Uh, uh, this man, that, that even in his last hour, 
uh, when he had the opportunity to make a change, uh, uh, when he had the opportunity uh, uh, to consider his ways, he still made a decision to disbelieve. I want to understand that this brother probably did not read his Bible. Uh, he, he did not read his Bible. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, he probably missed the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and he had never seen uh, that Jesus was the Savior. Because in the midst of this crowd, uh, 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 he didn't understand that Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light. And, and even in this crowd where there were others that made the same decision of disbelief, uh, uh, others that were there, there were spectators that were there, there were the Sanhedrin that was there, there were soldiers that were there, and even this stealer, uh, the one that was hanging on the cross, uh, he still made a decision of disbelief. As a matter of fact, in decision, he was blaspheming. He was, he was belittling Christ. Uh, he was ch challenging the power of, of who he was. He said, why don't you come down and save yourself? Uh, and while you're at it, why don't you save us at the same time? Uh, uh, but believe it or not, uh, uh, he had plenty of evidence to believe that Christ was who he was. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, he gave him plenty of evidence of his, of his identity. He, had, he didn't have to wonder that if he was the Christ, uh, he should have known that he was the Christ. All he had to do is not just look at the evidence, he had to believe. In other words, uh, this was a heart issue. Uh, uh, this was a heart issue. Uh, he didn't uh, believe in his heart and, and confess with his mouth that Jesus is the son of God. Uh, and again, I just believe that this brother, he couldn't have uh, uh, read his Bible. Uh, this brother right here, he couldn't have been on the Sermon on the Mount uh, because he should have known who Jesus was. Uh, because if he would have hung around Jesus just for a little while longer, he would understand that Jesus is the Messiah. Because Jesus said to himself that I am the Messiah in John 4 and 26. Jesus said unto her, and that was at the woman at the, at the well. He said, I am the Messiah. I am who speak, whom you speak of. You, I, uh, who you speak of. That is who I am. He said, I am the bread of life in John 6 and 35. Jesus said, I am the, uh, um, from above in John 8 and 23. John, Jesus said that I am the eternal one in John 8 and 58. Jesus said, I am the light of the world in John 9 and 5. Jesus said, I am the door uh, in John 10 and 7. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd in John 10 and 11. Jesus told him himself that I am the son of God in John 10 and 36. And I'm wondering today, uh, who do you say that he is? Because believe it or not, it doesn't matter what that thief said. Uh, it doesn't matter what your neighbors say. It doesn't matter what your mother or your grandmother said. Uh, the true understanding is, who do you say that Jesus is? And I'm wondering today, does anybody know that he is the resurrection and the life? Does anybody know that he is our Lord and master? Does anybody know that he is the way, the truth, and the life? Does anybody know that he is the true vine? Does anybody know that he's alpha as well as omega? Does anybody know that he is the first and the last. As a matter of fact, uh, Jesus has always been concerned about your declaration uh, about who you say that he is. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, he always has been concerned about that. And what we want you to know today, hallelujah, that there is danger in disbelief uh, and the decision of disbelief. Amen. But the second thing we want to point out today, not only the decision of disbelief, because this man here, he saw all of these things. But he still said in the midst of all of that, uh, if you are the son of God, why don't you come down, save yourself as well as save others? 
the decision of disbelief. But the second thing I want to point out is your declaration determines your destination. Let me say that again. Your declaration determines your destination. Uh, I want to talk about the power of your confession. My Bible tells me in Deuteronomy that the power of life and death is in the tongue. In other words, what you say is what you see. And we understand that from the creation because as children of God, uh, uh, we understand in the creation, God didn't use heavy equipment. Uh, he didn't use a team of people. God spoke things into existence. You remember in the creation when God stepped out on nothing and said, let there be something. And whatever he said, let it be, it became. God spoke and separated night from day. He spoke and hung the moon and the stars. He spoke and separated the sea from the land. He spoke all of these things in existence. And, and before he made a man, before he made a band, before he made a tambourine, uh, uh, before he made anything to praise him, he stepped back and he praised himself. And he said, you know what? That was good. Uh, uh, so power, we have power as children of God. We have that same creative power that, that whatever we declare, that whatever we speak, becomes our reality. And I want to talk about uh, the fact that your declaration determines your, de determines your destination, uh, the power of your confession. My Bible tells me in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, it says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, I will also confess them before my Father who is in heaven. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. Hallelujah. But uh, the power of your confession, your, your confession, your declaration determines your destination. But in the same way that works in the positive, that's the same way it works in the negative as well. Uh, because if you confess and receive Christ, uh, you receive salvation. But if you deny him, my Bible tells me in Matthew chapter 10, 33, but whosoever de denies me before men, I will also deny him before my father, which is in heaven. And I just want to let you know today that there's power in your confession. As a matter of fact, while we're going through this coronavirus situation, I want to let you know today that what you speak is what you're going to see. Let me say that again. What you speak is what you're going to see. Uh, in other words, what you say is what you're going to see. And in this time right here, this is not a time to, uh, to be talking down. This is a time to be talking up. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's power uh, uh, your, in, in, your, in your words today. And, and what we need to understand that our declaration determines our destination. And my challenge to you, my brothers and sisters, is, is to watch your mouth. Yes, Lord. Uh, this is a time when we need to, to watch our mouths. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, you might want to go ahead and tweet that. Uh, tell somebody, watch your mouth. Because believe it or not, we can speak life and live or we can speak death and die. Amen. Uh, as a matter of fact, there are certain things that we need to declare in this season because it determines our destination. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to declare in faith, yes, Lord, uh, what the psalmist said in Psalm 92, 91 and 2. I will say of the Lord that he is my refuge and, and my fortress. Uh, my fortress, my God and him will I trust. Uh, that's what I'm going to say. Uh, I, I'm going to say I will live 
and not die. I'm going to say what they said in Joel 3 and 10, that let the weak say that I'm strong. Uh, uh, let the poor say that I'm weak, uh, that I am rich. Yes, Lord, I'm going to share what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 29 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. And even though we may be in a season of, uh, of, of death, uh, disease, and, and destruction that we see all along, but, uh, but even in the midst of that, when fear tries to come in, I want to let you know you need to watch your mouth again because what you say, what you declare determines your destination. Psalm is, the psalmist said it this way in Psalm 27, the Lord is my light, yeah, and my salvation and whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid. Uh, uh, when the wicked and even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat of my flesh, they stumble and they fail. The host should rise up against me uh, and this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord and, and that will I seek after is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life for in the time of trouble he will hide me. Do you understand that even in trouble, yes, Lord, uh, 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 that what you declare, yes, Lord, would determine your destination. Yes, Lord. And I'm challenging you today. Yes, Lord, to watch your mouth. Yes, Lord, because your declaration determines your destination. And as I get ready to close today, yes, Lord, I, I want to talk uh, my third and my last point. Yes, Lord. Uh, first of all, the decision of disbelief. Number two, your declaration determines your destination. Uh, but the third thing I want to talk about is death is your doorway. Uh, death is your doorway to your destination. Death is your doorway to your destination. Because in the midst of all of that, yes, Lord, uh, uh, this man right here, uh, one thief was deriding, but the other thief was declaring. One thief uh, was in doubt. Uh, but one thief decided, I'm going to receive salvation. Uh, he declared, Father, uh, Jesus, Lord, uh, when you enter into your kingdom, uh, please remember me. That was his destination. Uh, that was his declaration. But, but he understood uh, that his death, he was getting ready to die. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that all three of them, died on the cross. I know we don't often like to think about death, but, but I believe God has just set the stage in such a time as this uh, to talk about this thing called death. Uh, never in my lifetime have I seen the things that we see today. When we see so much on the screen, every time we turn on the news, everything that we hear about is death. Uh, uh, at last count, uh, there are over half million people that have been infected uh, by this coronavirus disease, this COVID-19. Uh, and with that being said, the death count had escalated in the United States of America above 18,000. Uh, we are all concerned about death. Even just this week, uh, every time we picked up the phone, it seemed like there was somebody somewhere that was telling the story about death. And many of us don't like to think about this thing called death. But I want to let you know today that death is the common denominator of us all. Uh, death is something that comes to everybody's doorstep. Uh, for centuries, people have been trying to figure out and come up with an antidote to death. But regardless of how much money you have, 
regardless of how much influence you have, nobody nowhere has been able to come up with an antidote for death. But I thank God for Jesus uh, because on this Resurrection Sunday morning, uh, he got up triumphantly and said, you know what? Death, where is your victory? Grave, where is your sting? Does anybody know that Jesus died for our sins? Yes, uh, he died for our sins. Uh, uh, the Bible talks about the fact that he died. He died. Uh, he didn't just go to sleep. Uh, uh, he didn't... Uh, uh, he was not in a coma. Uh, the Bible says that he died. As a matter of fact, uh, he died. And although uh, there were thieves on the cross, one of them didn't testify to his goodness and his greatness. Uh, we understand that everybody else, uh, there were some that did testify to his greatness. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, even nature testified that he was the son of God. Because my Bible tells me, yes, Lord, that, uh, that the earth began to quake. Yes, Lord, he died until the earth began to quake. He died until the, the sun refused to shine. Uh, uh, in the middle of the day, from the 6th to the ninth hour, from 12 noon to 3 p.m., the sun refused to shine. He died until the veil of the temple was rent. Uh, he died, yes, Lord. But, but I, I want to let you know that death is what determines our destination because somebody knows that he didn't stay dead. Lord have mercy. Uh, uh, somebody knows that he didn't stay dead. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, he told the thief before he died, uh, this is what's going to happen. Because you have said, call me Jesus, uh, uh, because you have uh, called me Lord, uh, today, yes, Lord, you shall be with me in paradise. Uh, and again, death is what determines our destination. Death is what ushers us from the ones that we love uh, to the one that loves us most. And, and what death does is takes us to a place uh, called paradise. Uh, that is, if you do what that one thief did, which is receive him and call him Jesus and call him Lord. I, I'm wondering today, is he the Lord of your life? Uh, because if so, there is a place called paradise. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, there is a place called paradise. Uh, and I know uh, that we don't have words to properly describe what paradise is like. As a matter of fact, there is a, a, a deacon who was one of my childhood heroes uh, who sang in a group called the Swanee Trumpeteers. Uh, and they used to sing a song that I've never been to heaven, uh, but I've heard the streets are paved with gold. Yes, Lord, Deacon William Verge, uh, he would sing that song. In other words, he didn't have the words to properly describe paradise, but, but I believe God has given us even some sneak previews of coming attractions. I want to talk about paradise today because the Bible talks about this place called paradise, uh, that this thief on the cross, because of this declaration, uh, uh, this is where he ended up because Jesus told him, today uh, thou shalt be with me in paradise. Can I talk about paradise today? Uh, uh, I want to talk about the people in paradise, the purity of paradise, the praise in paradise, the preservation in paradise, uh, the provision in paradise, uh, the protection in paradise, and then the presence in paradise. Can I talk about paradise as I get ready to take my seat? Uh, because uh, John's revelation in John chapter 7, he begins to talk about this thing called paradise. Uh, today, you will be with me in paradise. As a matter of fact, the ninth verse of John chapter 7, he said, uh, the people in paradise, he said, there is a number uh, there that no man can number. He talked about the people. Yes, Lord. He talked about the nationality coming from all nations, 
all kindreds and all people and all tongues. And all tongues. He talked about the people in paradise, but he also talked about the purity in paradise. Uh, uh, because in verses 9 and 14, he said, They are clothed with white robes uh, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Yes, Lord. Uh, the purity in paradise. It speaks of salvation. Believe it or not, no one gets into heaven apart from the shedding of the blood of the lamb. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. Uh, but not only the people in paradise, the purity of paradise, but I want to talk about the praise in paradise. Uh, because believe it or not, uh, uh, there's going to be some noise in paradise. Uh, the Bible says in Revelation 7 verse number 10 that they cried out with a loud voice. Uh, in other words, they cried out with passion. Uh, uh, and, and they cried out with passion for this person to our God, which sitteth upon the throne. Yes, Lord, uh, there's going to be some praise in paradise. Uh, and what I've learned is that we might as well get used to praising God right here, because believe it or not, if you don't like praising God, you don't want to go to paradise because all they do all day long is praise our Lord and our Savior. Uh, uh, but even in the midst of that, he talks about the preservation of paradise. Uh, Revelation chapter 7, verse 13 talks about when they had, uh, once they came, uh, they came out of great tribulation. Yes, Lord. Uh, 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 they were talking about these are they that came out of, of great tribulation. And I'm glad there's a place called paradise because even in the midst of our trials, uh, even in the midst of our troubles, even in the midst of our temptations, uh, I want to let you know there's preservation in paradise. God is going to bring us out of great tribulation. Not only is there preservation, but there's also provision in paradise because it said in verse 16 that they shall hunger no more and neither shall they thirst. God takes care of all of his own. Yes, Lord. God was feeding the multitudes on this side and guess what? He's still feeding the multitudes on that side. There's a place called paradise, yes, Lord, where he gives us the provision that we need for every situation. But not only provision, but he talks about protection. Uh, neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat in Revelation 7 16 uh, nor the sun light or the heat could cause problems amen because God protected all of us from all of that uh, and as a, a result of that, amen, that's going to be a totally different place where there's going to be some heat uh, and there is going to be uh, the gnashing of teeth. But but God has promised those that are in paradise that we shall have protection. Uh, but not only protection, but we should also have pleasure in paradise. Uh, Revelation 7 and 17 says, God shall wipe away uh, all the tears from their eyes. Uh, in other words, it says there's no, in heaven there is no sorrow. Uh, in heaven there is no more sickness. Uh, in heaven there's no more sadness. Uh, in paradise, amen, there's no more death. There's no more disease. Uh, there's no more dying. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to a place called paradise, uh, the pleasure in paradise. But but most importantly, uh, and the last thing I want to talk about is the presence in paradise, uh, because we'll be in the presence of our Lord forevermore. Uh, he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them, Revelation 7 and 15. God is saying, you know what? We will forever be in the presence of the Lord. And, and I don't know about you, but just to be close to him, yeah, that is my desire. Yes, Lord, but death is the doorway to paradise. And, and I want to say to somebody that may have lost a loved one during this season, somebody who, who may have uh, uh, experienced some sickness on this side, uh, some people that may not, it may not look good. I want to let you know that death is just a doorway that takes us again from the ones that we love to the one 
that loves us most. And because Jesus died, uh, he died. He said, you know what? I, he, he, he told the disciples even before he died, he says, you know what? I'm going away to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you shall be also. But he said, I'm coming back again to receive you unto myself, John 14. So he hung, yes, he, he bled, and yes, he died. But well, I want to let you know today that he didn't stay dead because early, I got to go Baptist today. Yes, Lord, early on Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. So today, my brothers and sisters, I want to let you know today Hallelujah. That even in the midst of everything that's going on, God is letting us know that we shall live again. Jesus conquered death as well as the grave. And anybody that has received him as Savior, hallelujah, anybody that's made that decision, anybody that's made that declaration, then we have a destination. A destination over there where the wicked shall cease from trouble, over there where the weary shall be at rest. And I just want to say today, and I'm through, yes, Lord, but I, but I want to say this, that, that uh, God has made it so plain. Uh, he's dumbed it down so that even a child can understand that our decisions, our declarations will ultimately impact our destination. And the question to consider is that when death comes to your door, the question to consider is where will your ultimate destination be? Where will you spend eternity? Well, again, he, he painted a picture. He gave us a tale of two thieves. He set it up so that everybody can understand that, hallelujah, that we need to make a decision. And our decision is not in disbelief. Our decision needs to be that, you know what, we believe that he is the son of God. We believe that he hung, bled, and died. We believe that he, he was buried in uh, an empty tomb. We believe that he didn't stay dead. That's what Resurrection Sunday is all about. It's not about the Easter egg. It's, it's not about the bunny. Uh, it's about the Savior who defeated death and the grave. He got up victoriously. And because we believe in him, guess what? When death meets our, comes to our door, our destination, our destination will be paradise. Just like that thief. If we receive him, that is. That thief, he says, you know what, Father? When you come into your kingdom, Please remember me. And the question to consider is, what do you want God to remember about you? There was one thief who was hard to the end. One thief that regardless of what he saw, with darkness all over the land, one thief uh, regardless of, of even in the situation where he's facing a death penalty, uh, one thief that still did not confess. The question to consider is, what else, if you're not saved, what else do you need to see? How much more death, how much more disease, how much more destruction do you need to see to believe that God is on the throne? And the Bible that we read reads like a, a newspaper when it talks about all the things that we're seeing even to this day. When Jesus came, that we may have life. He came so that you can make a decision, that you can make a declaration that will impact your ultimate destination. Uh, be like the other thief, because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have deserved death, but believe it or not, Jesus, the Son of God, he made the ultimate sacrifice. He is our sinless Savior that died in our place. And because of his death, because of his burial, 
And because he didn't stay dead, that's the whole story of Easter right there, the whole story of Resurrection Sunday. He rose up and he's living again. And guess what? If we believe in him, we shall live again as well. So the question to consider is, have you received the Savior? Death is too certain. Hell is too hot. Eternity is too long for you to not make Jesus your choice today. So if you're here today, uh, and if you're hearing this message, I, I want this would be a wonderful time to receive the gift of salvation. If you're here today, and I, I know this is going out to some audiences, and, and this is going to be on the World Wide Web for years, but this gives us the opportunity to do like that thief. I, I can't wait to see that brother in heaven. As a matter of fact, I'd like to see you in heaven. He, he waited until it was almost too late. But Jesus is sounding the trumpet right now so that somebody somewhere will see that death still does not discriminate. So if you're here today and you're hearing this message, I want to let you know that you can do just like that thief. You can make the right declaration. You can declare that I believe, I accept the fact that I was born a sinner. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And I'll make that confession with my mouth. And I'll receive the gift of salvation. I believe that Jesus died for me, so I would like to live for him. Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. Cleanse me. I want to make you my Lord and Savior. And if you prayed that simple prayer, I want to let you know that you should get into a Bible-believing church uh, so that you can learn more about this gift of salvation, so that you can learn more about this person who hung late and died uh, to give us the right to eternal life, eternal life in paradise. So get into a Bible-believing church, but, but most importantly, tell somebody about your decision. Don't let your parents and, and friends and family be in a situation where they're at your funeral wondering, uh, did you receive Christ or did you not? You need to tell the world, I am saved, I love Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but Jesus died for all of my sins, and I received that gift of salvation that he died for me. I make that declaration. Yes, Lord, and I just believe that paradise will be my ultimate destination. The word of God for the people of God and the people of God did say, amen. God bless you. May he ever keep you is my prayer. God bless you.